Welcome, everybody, to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well on this fine, balmy February evening. <laughs> uh, this weatherman going back and forth like crazy. Today it was up to the 60s, and it's February. I just uh, I don't even know what I'm doing. You my life it. anymore. I love it. Greg likes consistency. <laughs> he likes things to be I do. what it is. Give me I, I yearn off. for the days of just a long a nice long cold snap. Like just give us that 20, 30 degree weather for months on end and heck, call me old no. fashioned, but that's winter. <laughs> nah man. I did just get rid of it all. Glo- bring on all the global warming. Oh jeez. Make this place um, make this place warmer in February. All right. Well, thoughts on global warming and climate change aside, uh, how are you doing tonight, Hans? I'm doing good. Uh, had a rough couple days. Uh, and anyone who is a you know a, a Philly sports fan is just was has mm. been heartbroken again. It's the third time mm. in 99 days. So uh, you know, uh, I I don't know. Sure, I'm I'm in the acceptance acceptance phase now. So uh, it is what it is. There's always next year or whatever. It's a Philly thing or whatever these people are saying nowadays in this city. But outside of that, not bad. Not not too bad. Good. Yeah, dude, I hate when they come up with like the random slogans that nobody in Philly has ever said in their life. Um, you know, I will say to the point about the championships, like, yes, it's, it's disappointing and, and heartbreaking uh, with the loss. But. Um, I mean, if you look at it from a, a a macro perspective, I mean, we're eating pretty good in Philly, you know, like yum, yum. World Series, Super Bowl, uh, you know, MLS championship. Like how many how many cities can uh, can claim that level of um, prestige in one year? So, yeah, I guess, you know, it's just the initial <laughs> the initial reaction of it. Um, so I, I, I by by this time, by Monday, I'm going to just be like, all right catchers pitchers and catchers report it so it's time for philly season good show uh harry how you doing tonight pal i'm doing great papa thanks so much for asking um i am uh i am of the mindset since we're talking sports here off the bat is uh only one person can win at the end of the at the end of the year so um i uh i'm a big liverpool football club uh out there in europe fan and uh they don't even have a postseason, so de- your regular season really defines uh, how things go. And so, only one team can mass amount have the mass you know total of uh, of highest amount of points and win. So, um, you know, it's just it's just lucky enough to be part of the ride because at some point in the near future, uh, the Eagles will be terrible again, and the Phillies will be terrible again, and the Union will be terrible again. And just enjoy it while it lasts. That's that's my big thing. So. Um, it was a fun run. Hey, we didn't get, we didn't win it. Um, but you know, uh, hopefully we'll be there again next year. So yeah. Amen. That's my take. Uh, all right. Well, in case you thought this was sports talk radio, you are wrong. <laughs> we With are a little climate, talk, c- climate change in here. Hold yes. On. Sports Hold talk on. and global warming. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we're going to get into our bread and butter, which is, uh, movies, TV, pop culture, all of that good stuff. Um, so we had a couple different things, uh, this, the last two weeks that we checked out. And the first one is 
the new M night Shyamalan thriller, uh, knock at the cabin. So hands. Hold on. Hold on. What's uh, that? What's that? Hello. You guys hear that? You guys hear that knock? You hear that knock at the cabin? (laughs) I get it. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, wasn't expecting company. There's a big that big what's he called a big guy Batista he's like is he there folks we we give you only the finest dramatic reenactments reenactments here on Papa's Place yeah it's like I'm it's it's like we're really in the movie like and like should have cast Harry for Naki yes who is Um, it Dave Batista from WWE and since uh, this movie is freshest on your mind why don't you uh, kick us off here. Yeah, this is this is uh, as fresh as it could be because um, for all the listeners, uh, I walked in about an hour and a half ago from seeing this movie, so um, I, I saw the, the the first show right after I was done work. Um, so yeah, this is this is is actually pretty fresh in my mind. Um, this is uh, M. Like Greg had said, it's an M. Night Shyamalan, his newest film after last one was old about the beach that makes old people old. Uh, I haven't seen that. So I'm just going to assume that's what it's about. So this mm-hmm. is about four strangers that come knocking on a uh, a cabin door. Uh, they come with a message of uh, of the apocalypse to these two, uh, the same sex couple and their adopted daughter, and they are told that uh, the dads are the fathers are told that they have to sacrifice someone in the family, one of the three. One you of, must one of the fathers, make a choice. One of the fathers, the daughter, I don't know. Uh, so Batista leads this little group of four to tell them that if they don't sacrifice one of themselves, then the world's going to end. And uh, I- I'm going to assume at this point we're just we're talking spoilers. Uh, oh, yeah. Big spoilers, yeah. baby. So spoiler alert to everyone. Um, you know, the two people that you may recognize from the two of the four are Dave Batista and Rupert Grint from Harry Potter fame. Um, this is a uh, a pretty dark movie um, in certain points where there's a lot of religious tones to it. Um, and it gets pretty I, – I don't even know. Is this rated R? I believe so. It is, yeah. It yes. is, yeah. I know there's one F-bomb in it. And some of the It's trailers, only his second R-rated feature, by the way. I don't even know. What was the the other one is The Happening. Ooh, gross. Um, all right, this, this is his first one. That's not that doesn't qualify for a movie. Um, <laughs> which uh, I just want to go out and say this really quick. This is a PSA, or I don't know what it is against movie theaters. There were at least nine trailers on this movie when I just watched it. Uh, nine yeah, trailers were long. Yeah, nine that I counted. I know I missed one. Maybe a Boogeyman trailer. I don't know if there was a Boogeyman trailer. Then there were ten trailers on this movie. I was appalled as a moviegoer. And then I had to sit through Nicole Kidman's uh, AMC thing. So technically like 11 trailers. And cover your heart. Well, if you see it in premium format, you got an additional one on there to let you know you're in yeah. the premium format. So That is, that is disgusting. <laughs> I I honestly wanted to stand up and – I didn't know. I could have came, came a half hour late and yeah. not missed a single second of that movie. Um, that's it. That's my rant. I was, I was I'm was. i a trailer guy and it was a bit much even for me. I was hey, like, after I got yeah. the six, we need to get the show on the road here. After I got the six and I was like, all right, let's, all right. So then I pulled out my phone and took notes of every trailer so I can count them. <laughs> every trailer that I remember seeing because the first one or two, I think there, there were at least 10. Um, so I wrote them all down. 
wrote every single one down and get ready uh, adam aaron you're getting an angry tweet i was oh, oh boy he's he's on my my s list he's just making like he, he he he's the one that said we need 10 trailers on this movie let's do it um, so that's that's how i started out this movie impatient um so as the movie's going on uh, back to back to knock in the cabin um there there's that there's Batista basically gives them opportunities and every time they say no, one of the four has to sacrifice themselves. So it's they basically die and unleash a plague on the world. Whether it's a flood, airplanes crashing, which was not my favorite to see. Um that was pretty frightening. Uh like lightning strikes. It was uh it was it was a lot of goofy stuff that you're like, all right, is it a coincidence? Is it not? The story kind of unfolds towards the end where, you know, a, a, a couple of the characters have some past history and you're kind of questioning whether or not these are just crazy religious fanatics or if they are or are aware of the apocalypse and, and have seen these visions. Um, most of the time, Jonathan Groff and, and I don't remember the other the other guy who uh, the other ben uh, Aldridge father is uh, Ben Aldridge. The other, yeah, Andrew um, in the movie. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, and Eric. So uh, I think three fourths of this movie they're tied to chairs, and uh, and basically just Batista and their group talking to them. Uh, I'm just gonna go out by saying I I need Batista in more serious roles. This guy, this guy kills it as like this Blade Runner. Um, I I haven't seen the the Bond movie that he was in, but I I, I saw there's like a Blade Runner short that gave him a lot more um a lot more like. A lot more to chew on, um, but th- th- he was really good at this movie. Like he plays creepy. You don't know whether or not this guy's legit. If he's if he's just crazy. If he actually is uh, a messenger of the apocalypse. Um, I think his interaction with for, and he's not a second grade teacher. I thought that was look at that guy. There's no way that guy's a second grade teacher. Um, you know, you you kind of start questioning if he's if he is crazy and if a lot of things are coincidence and and. Some of it, it starts to about three fourths of the movie. You start questioning whether or not they're just kind of like on this, um, this plot to just get back at these two guys for something that happened in a bar like years ago. Um, that involves Rupert Grint's character. Um, Rupert Grint, phenomenal. He was great in this. They get, they need. I wish they would have given him a little more. Um, he was uh, he was the first to go out of the four, and uh, I wish they would have let's just held on to him a little bit longer. Um, I haven't seen him in anything, I don't think, since Harry Potter. And, uh, you know, glad to see him back. Uh, but he uh, he was phenomenal in this. Uh, a little, little bit of a bloody movie in, in a couple instances. Uh, some stuff I think was a little too too gory to show. Um, but you kind of see some of the after effects of it um, with, like, some of the blood and, and, uh, and some of the injuries that these people are getting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I in terms of M Night, um, I would put that like I definitely think he's kind of back to his comfort zone. Um, with you know, he did have a rough patch with um, Lady in the Water, the happening as we just mentioned. Uh, there was like another one I, I forget what it was, but it was uh, the Village. I don't like the Village, and <laughs> I, I and I think the last like maybe three or four movies, he's kind of been kind of been I don't say hitting it out of the park, but at least hitting triples. Um, where he's, uh, I, I feel like he's back in that comfort zone where he's not trying to do too much for, for his movies. 
this is a simple premise. This is not a very complicated movie and it's not a deep movie. There's some undertones to it, but I, I don't think this is, I, I think if you explain this to someone, you can do it in one or two sentences and that's, you're not going into too much of a complicated plot. Um, but you know, there are a few other standouts. Jonathan Groff, I thought he was he was pretty good. Um, I think everyone in this movie, like, you know, like it's a very small cast that actually has some lines. I think it's seven people um, that are on screen at the most, and it it really like I think they all really blend together really well with some of their roles. Um, I I think the little girl, I, I feel like I've seen her in something, and it's really bothering me, and I don't know what it is. But now I, I like I had to go to IMDb and look it up and I couldn't figure it out. But I thought she was great. I, I I think child actors are really tough in these kind of movies. Sometimes they like overdo it and they're like overacting. I thought she was she was being the only kid in the movie. I thought she interacted well with with all these like professional actors. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's my initial thoughts. Uh, I I I'm glad to see, as I said, M Night back. I'm glad for his his whatever. Whatever is egotistic, is high ego to include himself in the movie again, um, which you know that's his thing. But uh, you know you get that M Night cameo, which uh, which was nice because for a second I forgot that he put himself in movies in some of his movies. But then I like looked in the background when they focused on him. I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, that's right. That that's his thing. Um, so yeah, I'll turn it over to you guys. Um, I know I don't know. I think you guys saw it a couple weeks ago when it came out. Um, so it's not as fresh in your minds. Who wants to go first? The end. <laughs> yeah. The end. You, look, you looked at me like you honestly yeah. both looked at me and I thought like maybe my, my mic was muted this whole time and you were just letting it roll. Um, but no. What happens if we don't choose? <laughs> yeah. 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 But each of you have – one of you have to choose right now. Greg, we have you to don't make wanna, a choice. You don't want to see what's going to happen if you if you say no. Then, I'm, then it's, it's going to be right. one person short on the pod. I will choose to go then. Um so yeah, you know, just uh, kind of uh, some some basic thoughts along with what you said. I, you know, I totally agree that the cast, while small, um, was really good. Uh, Rupert Grint definitely surprised me. I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, I don't have his IMDb open. I'm pretty sure he's been in other stuff since Harry Potter. I haven't seen anything else uh, that he's been in other than the Potter franchise, but. Um, yeah, like I said, he, he really surprised me and I thought his performance was pretty good. It was, uh, it was kind of a bummer to see him as the first one to go because, um, I think that, uh, he would have been a bit more fun to watch, uh, going He was through. probably, he was probably my favorite to see on screen. Like, I just felt like he, he, he doesn't, like you said, I haven't looked at his IMDb either, but like, I feel like he definitely, even in his small role has a lot of mm-hmm. range as like, as I, I, I hope to see him kind of around more. Um, and I want, and I, he was the one that shined when I, when I saw Batista and I, I looked on, on the trailer. I'm like, that's, that's, that's Ron. Like, oh man, yeah. that, that's great. Like, I want to see like what he's going to do with this. And I, and the limited screen time I thought was great. Yeah. Um, the little girl, I, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but, uh, Kristen Kui, uh, who played when, um, I thought she was passable. Uh, she was cute, which was, I guess, good for the role. You know, you, you want, um, obviously you want a kid that's going to be precocious and endearing and, 
you know, that you, you don't want to see any harm befall, but, um, as far as her performance, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I also, I didn't expect an Oscar worthy performance from her either. You know, I mean, I don't know how old she is in real life, but she's still young. So I cut some slack there. Um, Always Greg love was going to give her an F, and then he's like, "Kids, you know, can't can't yeah. do it." <laughs> exactly. <She's eight. laughs> uh, always love to see Big Dave, uh, Dave Bautista. Um, hands totally with you, and I'm pretty sure we've we've all said this on the pod before at various points. But yeah, give this man some more roles, just as big a variety as you can. Um, you know, I, I saw I Spy, and while that was not a great movie, he was fun enough in it. Uh, you know, Blade Runner 2049, good there. I think he was on um, Kimmel or Corden the other day saying, you know, give me some rom-coms. And I'm like, would love to see that. Give me Big Dave and everything. But especially the the dramatic stuff, because um, I think uh, I think he would do well with that. And Jonathan Groff, uh, really, really enjoy seeing him and his work as well. I'm a, a huge Mindhunters fan. Um, so I love him in that. And then, you know, I thought he was killer in Hamilton also. One note on him. Um, I, and just really quick, I've watched frozen one and two so many times in the past two weeks and he has the voice of Kristoff. And when he first started talking before he got like concussed and he's, and you know, that's all I heard. And I like at one minute, like I like closed my eyes like for a second and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I can't like, and then his like voice started talking much slower and everything. I'm like, Oh, thank God. I like, I, all I hear is Kristoff. So it's funny that you say that hands. Cause my daughter is uh, also going through a frozen phase where that's, that's both movies and the shorts are all on heavy rotation in my household. Yeah. Um, but I typically tune them out. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to just <laughs> not focus on that. So I didn't have that same issue. Thank goodness. Cause that probably <laughs> would have driven me nuts. Uh, yeah, trying to a focus little bit just having Kristoff in my brain. For the first like 15 minutes, it was like driving me nuts and then it, it settled down. Uh, but yeah, um, really good cast. Those were the standouts for me. Um, so Harry and I saw this with uh, one of our uh, buds, friend of the show, Tim, uh, and former former guest uh, co-host. Um, and he brought up kind of a, an interesting point after we, uh, we got out of the movie, which was, um, you know... He, he wasn't, um, I guess, overly thrilled with the, and I'm using giant air quotes here, twist in the movie, uh, which I, I'm not, I don't even know if I could pinpoint the twist, um, it, whether it was that, that the, the four intruders were the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse or the fact that the events were actually occurring. I'm not sure, you know, which one of those or if both were intended to be the twist, but, uh, you know, I just... I think I think maybe too much expectation or emphasis is put on that when it's like, oh, I'm going to see an M Night movie. Better be a twist. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, that was his gimmick in the beginning and it served him well and everything. But I mean, how many movies deep are we in this guy's filmography? He's already proven himself to me anyway. Um, I don't think, I think we're beyond a point where we need that. So even if you consider those two things that I mentioned as, uh, the twist or twists, like at at this point, I'm not, if, as long as I get a good movie, I'm happy, you know, like, don't, 
I'm not putting any additional expectation on Knight to deliver some mind bending thing that, um, that, you know, really shocks me. Uh, just do whatever you're going to do. Um, just make it in service to the story. And if it calls for a hard left turn that I didn't see coming, so be it. But if it's something where it's like more of a natural progression, which is kind of what I think those things were in this movie, then that's cool with me too. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. It's just I, going forward. I, I'm not, if I walk into a night movie, um, I'm not going to, uh, come in with that mindset where it's like, oh man, I can't wait to find out what the twist is here. And I'm not saying Tim had that mindset either. I mean, he can speak for himself and I'm, I'm sure we will hear for him, from him <laughs> after the episode, but, um, but you know, I just, me personally, like, I think I'm beyond that point with M night movies where it's like, yeah, I, you know, that was a thing. If I get that cool, if not, fine again as long as the movie's good just give me a good movie and you know i i did i i enjoyed uh knock at the cabin i i uh enjoyed it more than i thought i was going to i i thought maybe um you know it might be a little bit of a letdown but it was not um i do have some additional thoughts on the end but i want to get um uh Harry, your initial takes uh bef- and then we can go around the horn again yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, well, I mean, part of the reason why we uh, we threw this on today's agenda was because you guys had it on your uh, honorable mentions for excitement this year. So, yeah. and I think you know it perfectly sums up like you were talking about, Greg, like the M the M Night Shyamalan part of this, where it's like whenever he has a movie coming out, you know, whether he's not like tier one director, but you know, you're going to usually get something interesting with his movies, and I think that creates the expectation that he you're going to be thrown off kilter you know what i mean at the end or it's gonna you know leave you either really upset or really thrilled by the ending um or the got you moment of it and um you know for some people that's that's just enough to get him into the into the movie um for it but i um i like a lot of his movies i I haven't seen all of of his filmography like we kind of talked about on our anticipated for this year list um but he always gives i feel at least a show you know i think this one you know some of my problems coming out of the movie actually was just the first kind of i felt like it didn't really look that great and then you know i read afterwards that it was shot on 35 millimeter and they used some lenses to kind of give it like this 90s classic thriller mm-hmm. look and it's like oh okay so that like makes a little bit more sense about that um in regards to it so um it's kind of one of those things where it's like he's still you know trying things as a director to you know it, it's not just about what the screenplay is um and i think you know some of his best stuff is usually the stuff he does as opposed to adapting um, cause I don't know if we mentioned, but this is based off of the 2018 novel, the cabin at the end of the world, um, in regards to that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like you guys mentioned, I mean, this, this relies heavily on the cast with there only being so many, so many members of it. And, uh, they, they are all great. I mean, Batista, I mean, what else more can we say? I hope he has a bigger role in Dune too. If, if the 1980s David Lynch Dune is anything, hopefully his character has a little bit of a bigger role. Um, uh, Rupert Grint was, you know, another one where it's like, I wish we had more time with him. Um, I also enjoyed Abby Quinn who plays, I think Adrian, um, she's one of the four horsemen, uh, per, you know, of the movie. And, uh, I think she had, uh, 
she does a lot of great work in a you know in her role and i really enjoyed her character um i will say though the jonathan groff i wish there was a little bit more like greg mentioned about mine hunters i really really love that show and i just wish there was a little bit more from him in this i i feel as though if maybe they flipped the two roles of of groff and aldridge i think i don't know i just would have liked to have seen that because i maybe it's i'm biased because i like groff and i don't really know aldridge um in the roles uh you know that they were playing um for for eric and uh why am i blanking andrew eric and andrew sorry andrew, yeah. um so so those were kind of my initial thoughts in regards to it um i was also happy you know we always talk about run times um of movies i mean this was about two hours after the 45 previews that i think you have to watch you you get out in just about two hours um yeah. for it, the movie you know and that's the one thing i i really love about m night as well um, I'd have to look at his filmography in depth, but I'm pretty sure a lot of his movies are, you know, that he doesn't he doesn't take, you know, I'll, I've never heard anyone be like his movies are bloated. Do you know what I mean? Whether you like them, whether you like the way the movie ended or, you know, if you don't like the happening or the village or something of that matter, at least it's like, you know, you had an entertaining time, um, you know, for better or for worse in regards They're to quick. it. So. They're quick. Yeah. They're, they're, I don't. I don't. I think like Unbreakable might be his longest, which maybe yeah. is a little over two hours. But I, I mean, everything else that he's touched, it. I feel like it's like an, an hour forty-five easy, and it's, mm-hmm. it's that's one of the things I, I forgot to mention. I love that, that it was like an hour and forty because I yeah. was I was even with half hour previews, I was out by seven o'clock, so it was nice. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, I really loved also the first 30 to 45 minutes of this with building the suspense, meeting the characters. Um, but then the movie kind of settles into the basically the trailer of it, like like Hans was explaining, where it's like, all right, well, you know, these people are here and there might be an apocalypse or maybe they're lying. And, you know, and I think this movie kind of work or this movie works a little bit with, you know, today's society of like, do we trust the media and stuff like that? Um you know, and uh, I but I really once it got to the after that first like 45 minutes, once we start getting into the thick of it, it kind of becomes a little bit redundant, in my opinion, um, not in a terror, like in a bad way, but just in a way of like, you're not really getting much else out other than will they or won't they um, right. for it. So we're going through um, the same process over and over with, you know, do you make a choice? OK, so yeah. Fine. Yeah, and we're not going to make the choice. Okay, so they made their decision, so we know what's going to happen. Things are going to get worse um, in regards to that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in regards to that, I think uh, there, there's also, like, the the point with um, with Eric and Andrew where it's, like, the, their love is, like, pure. Like, it's the purest love you've ever seen, which is what makes their decision so hard. But for me, I would have rather I would have liked to have that explored a little bit and maybe more like relatable in the fact of like, you know, the every man's or every woman's choice in regards to that. Like, I just feel as though it was like, no, these two are like the purest love. Um, I forget, you know, what do they, what do they say in the movie? It's like me and you together, like always or something. Yeah, like forever that. or something. Yeah. Yeah, they have like this little thing they say to each other to just like remind themselves that like, you know, this is us. And I think I would have liked a little bit more um, just kind of relatability in regards to that, like, you know, maybe either disagreement or, you know, whatever, because but, you know, maybe that's just me. 
um, in regards to that. So, yeah, those are my kind of initial thoughts, you know, kind of about the first half, you know, and some change of the movie. Um, but, yeah, let's get Batista in more non-Guardians Drax stuff, which he doesn't want to do anymore. So I'm very happy to hear that. So and uh, shout out for Stuber. I know we were talking about some Batista movies and uh, I like Stuber. I thought he was a nice uh, a, uh, comedic role there for him. So keep doing your thing, Dave. Love it. Uh, Hans, do you want to touch uh, on the end or any thoughts? So, you yeah, have on so I, and you were I, you had mentioned a little bit about, about the twist on this. Uh, you know, it's expected with an M Night movie, and uh, I don't know the twist of to old. And there's like some, even the uh, the glass trilogy um, that didn't necessarily end on a twist. Kind of it did, I guess. I don't know, but I feel like M Night's been moving away from that. And and I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, um, because I haven't seen old. I know both of you, I believe, have. If there is a big twist ending with that. Okay, so there's not. Yeah, okay, yeah. Is there? Well, yeah. There. I mean, there is kind, kind of. of. Okay. Yeah. So he he. I haven't he seen it. it. That's why I. Uh, oh, I was okay. My I head. thought you shook your head <laughs> saying that there wasn't a twist. Uh, <laughs> I would. So I would say the twist is comparable to the level of the twist in Glass. Okay, so he mm-hmm. really moved away from that shock value mm-hmm. of an ending from Unbreakable right. and Six Sense Village and uh, uh, the other signs. Um, even he science more, didn't baby. really, he didn't really have like a big weird, like, oh, they're allergic to water. That was like the end. That was a <laughs> twist ending. That's not, that's not a, the twist ending. It's just, you know, um, so I was ha- like, I, and the, the one thing I, I, I talked myself into when I was watching it and trying to figure out the ending to this being like, all right, is this, it's like the most obvious, the most obvious result is, is your twist ending. So you're with this it's the for me the most obvious was they're telling the truth and they are messengers of the apocalypse the horsemen of the apocalypse and it ends i wasn't like i didn't my jaw didn't drop where i was like i i was expecting that and it was still i guess i could could treat that as a twist because i feel like a movie it was leading up to they weren't telling the truth and they were full of full of beans or (laughs) they were and the world was going to end so there's not really shock value to that where you're like oh my god like oh like hold hold." like you kind of knew this was going to end in two different ways um another movie which uh has another a cabin themed uh in the woods uh movie cabin in the woods sort of ends like that too where uh it's the world ends and it's you know like i wouldn't really expect it but you're not like it's not kind of a twist ending and that's what i thought of that was the first movie i thought of um where it, I liked it. I liked how it ended, and I liked how, you know, after Batista slit his own throat, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, Andrew and Eric have that um, that conversation about, you know, who's gonna like this isn't real. Let's like walk the earth together, and everyone else is dead. And they kind of they they look out and see what the best interest for his their daughter is, and you know, uh, Andrew Eric. Who's the who's Jonathan Groff? Was he Eric? Eric. He was Eric. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. So you know, Eric convinces Andrew to shoot him and kill him, and and it ends everything. Um, I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it 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 brought up a lot of. I think the twist for me was more along the lines of okay, 
this is true, like which one of them are going to like sacrifice themselves? That's what I was thinking about throughout the movie. I said, one of the, this family's not making it out. One of them's going to go, but that I think the twist of, of Andrew realizing or, or Eric realizing he's the one that had to die um, to, to save, to save um, Andrew and, and when, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it did blow me away. I expected this to be real. Um, I expected it to be a, you know, a, a real apocalypse as the movie was building up to it. Um, but I think the twist for me was the fact that they were, they were like the four horse, they, they call themselves the four horsemen. Like they, they all like explained to it. I, and I don't know them off the top of my head. I know like it's like healing, nurturing, um, and the other no, no, two, no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's war, Mal- famine. malice, malice, and war. Oh, I, th- well, I, mean, yeah, I yes. guess, yeah, they, they one, changed yeah. them for this, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, just, I've seen Four Horsemen stuff that's nowhere near. None of them are like any of that. Um, I just know the wrestling Four Horsemen, so like Dean Malenko, Rick. <laughs> yeah, Flair, same thing. They um, actually yeah. should have put those Another four here. Four no, they should have put those four to come at the cabin, and and that would have been a whole different movie. Um, but I liked it. I, I it's not. I don't expect M Night Twist anymore. Uh, and and I think a lot of people do, and a lot of people I read online are like, "Well, what was that ending? That wasn't like that." That that didn't surprise me. Like, not every movie you watch, and that's why I I cannot stand the mentality the me- men- mental mentality. I'm like splitting it's mostly two men. It's the okay. mentality, yeah, the mentality of like every movie, and not just M Night. Every movie has to have a twist, and people are like, "Well, I saw the ending coming." I'm like, okay, it's a movie. You're gonna see the end. Like you relax like and yeah. and i see a lot of people were like online were like oh that ending was awful like that wasn't like okay like why because it didn't it didn't make you your jaw drop where you're like oh my god i didn't see it coming like okay and that and that's m night's kind of settling into that that making a good movie over a twist ending um and to be fair i mean the like you mentioned the premise is fairly simple so there was only going to be one of two outcomes. Either everybody dies or some don't, you know? Right. I just, it, it, it kind of, I, I think I like the ending. I, I, for me personally, I thought it was a good ending. And I think that I, I didn't need to be, I didn't need them to be like, uh, like Batista was basically like God or something, or like, I don't know, some, something like crazy enough where it's, it's, I'd rather end night focus on the story rather than the ending. And I think like a lot, like I take that a good example of his is the village. I think the village is a very overrated movie. I don't think it's great. I think it's okay. But I think he looked at that. And I think he went backwards and said, here's the twist ending. All right. I put all my effort into thinking what the twist ending was going to be. Now I got to write a story. And I think this is kind of like a little opposite of that, where he wrote a good story and the ending is the ending is an ending. Like it, it's not, it's not anything where you're going to be talking about this for 10 years and be like, I remember where I was when I saw the ending to knock at the cabin. It's like, I remember like, I remember being shocked when I saw the sixth sense and unbreakable, but I don't need that anymore. Like, I think I'd rather him make a good movie. And I thought the ending tied in well and, and tied everything up. And, you know, I thought it was good. So okay. what about Greg? What about you? Um, so there were two things really in the second half of the movie that I don't want to say 
Well, one thing bothered me and one thing I I wish there would have been more elaboration on. The thing that I wish there would have been more elaboration on is um, Jonathan Groff's character seeing that light, um, which, you Agreed. know, after like initially it's like, OK, was it, you know, him being concussed and these were visions. But then we find out, no, this is all actually going down so what exactly was it that he saw um you know they they kind of didn't explain that they threw that in and then that plot thread was well not plot thread but that that element was just kind of dropped or left unexplained so that was a little um shaky for me uh not a huge impact but just something i wish they kind of they either explained it or just leave that aspect out um the ending itself, I, I, I liked the, um, I liked the direction that it went, but I feel like it wasn't, it wasn't executed to its full potential. Uh, and what I mean by that is, and I don't know if this is a problem with the writing a problem with the directing or a problem with the acting. Cause really it could have been any of the three, but um, you know, the, the father that survives Andrew um, along with when he had to make a difficult choice and, and, you know, kill his husband, Eric, but um, he was the, the doubting Thomas, uh, you know, to, to keep with the religious themes uh, throughout this whole thing. And he, because of his his ignorance and refusal to believe in what was going on, allowed for three quarters of the world's population to die. My understanding of it anyway, uh, because those those other three uh, events or tragedies did occur. I was taking this as he averted the final crisis, but the other things still happened. So if that's the case and three quarters of the the world's population perished, uh, you'd think he'd have a little more guilt than what he acts. Um, it's, he just kind of seems happy that he made it through the ordeal and, you know, we're on the road. Let's, uh, let's take it one day at a time. Uh, whereas me, and I feel like probably most sane people would be wrecked with guilt. Um, and even if these, you know, even if three quarters of the world's population didn't actually perish and, and they were, they prevented massive catastrophic loss overall. Um, he doesn't know that, you know, he, he sees brief, uh, news segments in, in the, um, uh, the diner or gas station or whatever. And then, you know, he's out on the road. I like, I, and sorry to get dark folks, but like that would make me, you know, want to take a gun to my head, knowing that I, through my own stupidity, didn't, I, I let three quarters of the population die uh, because of my inaction. So it seemed like a really big miss on the part of uh, not showing that. And again, you know, I don't know if that's the way it was written. I don't know if, M Knight instructed him to to act that way or or if that was just his choices and you know that's what they went with but I feel like um there wasn't as much emotional depth 
from his character, given what they had just gone through. Uh, he didn't even seem to be reeling from the loss of his husband that much, uh, let alone, you know, the rest of the population. As far as like, you know, the, the writing of it and, and how, you know, the story itself went. Yeah, I was, I'm all about that. You know, he had to make the tough choice and, and Eric decided to sacrifice himself and Andrew went through with it and, you know, him and when go off, that's fine. But just the, the details, the subtext in between and what he must be wrestling with internally, we got none of that. So that was a, a miss, I think on, on, uh, their end. Um, I agree okay. with, uh, and I thought that when they were sitting in the car at the end and mm-hmm. the boogie shoes came on and yeah. I, I, th- I thought I'm like, they seemed a little like, it was I like, like tone w- deaf almost like when being eight years old, like probably it like hasn't processed everything that happened right. yet. Right. And I'll give her even her, like she didn't seem like she just seemed like blank, which probably like knowing what went down, like I, I that's how I envision a child acting. But he didn't seem like too. He seemed more. Yeah, he seemed more happy that he, more happy that he was. Yeah, he was alive and that he prevented mass destruction. But at what cost? Like, I mean, his, yeah, his husband died like fifteen minutes ago. Like, like you just. It, I know you don't want to hear the song, and then you do want to hear the song, and it's. I I feel like it, there should have been maybe a scene where he was a little more broken up. But mm-hmm. hey, I don't know. Now we're getting into two hour and fifteen minute territory with the uh, the movie. So, well, yeah, I'm but you kidding, could also I'm cut kidding. flashbacks, and yeah. you know, yeah. there we go. We balance it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> overall, uh, I really did enjoy the movie. I give it three and a half out of five stars. I think it was another fine addition to uh, Knight's resume, uh, and still looking forward to you know the next step. But uh, really, really enjoyed the product they put forward here. Uh, Hera, how about you? Yeah, so it's funny, you know, we're talking about the ending a lot because uh, our next topic about The Last of Us, you know, we've all played the game, so we kind of know the story here. Where with this, I I didn't read the novel, um, and I think probably either a lot of people were familiar with the novel because, um, and this we're going to get in the spoiler territory with the book as well, um, and talk about this. with the ending because the ending is actually different from the book, um, which I don't know if that rubbed some people the wrong way or would have made a more interesting, um, you know, movie. Um, but in the book, um, when is actually the one who dies? Um, there's a fight between Leonard and I think it's Andrew um, or maybe it's Eric uh, for the, for the gun. And in that process, you know, when gets shot and um, you know, that, is an interest i would think that would have made a more interesting movie in my opinion um but also you know you guys were talking a little bit too about like hey this moment after this happens and in the in the book uh the obviously they in the movie too they need to make a sacrifice they need to make a decision so leonard i think at some point mentions like well you know you didn't decide to choose so we still have to go through with sacrificing ourselves. Um, and then uh, there's a line towards the end of the book where they say, you know, hey, if, if if God or whoever, you know, doesn't see this as a sacrifice enough, then, you know, screw them and come what may. Um, and they leave it there. They leave it where they, you know, take her body, put it in the car and, and drive off. So 
it's one of those things where it's that would have been a more interesting kind of ending to the movie as opposed to seeing kind of the aftermath. You know, like you mentioned, Greg, when you started talking about it, it kind of made me realize like, yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense to be like, oh, you know, you killed your husband. So the world is going to survive. So you did it. Um, there was kind of a little bit more relief. And listen, I'm not going to, you know, debate on how someone should grieve, you know, a loss or, you know, if they're shell shocked or, you know, they haven't quite come to terms with it yet. So, um, but yeah, showing that extra kind of bit about like, hey, here's what happened after they made their decision for the moviegoers to, you know, understand that it was that, you know, it wasn't a lie, that it was, you know, that. So, um, I don't know. I wanted to throw it out to you guys just to kind of base it off of that of, you know, the decision to kind of go in a different direction, because to me, I feel like the book would have been a more interesting uh, direction. Papa, I'll I'll toss it back to you because I know we were debating on whether we wanted to spoil the book since it's different for ourselves. Um, But here we are. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's an expiration on spoilers and I think the book is three years years old or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So, I think we're we're past the statute of limitations there, but um, uh, yeah, I I think that that is a very interesting concept, and I think also, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe maybe there's some something in my subconscious telling me I'm guilty or something, but uh, you know, I think had it gone the route of the book where when is accidentally killed and then it's like no you still have to to make an additional sacrifice then that throws even more guilt onto the surviving party because it's like all right so not only did i lose out on x amount of humanity um through my indecision but also my indecision cost me uh, one of the members of my family two members actually yeah because the one i had to sacrifice and uh when yeah so so yeah, I think I think that would have been a much more intriguing uh, direction. Um, uh, you know, it, obviously it all comes down to the execution. Uh, and again, I'm Very mostly true. happy, mostly happy with uh, what we got. So I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that it, it it's an outright. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to where to go with that. I wouldn't say <laughs> it was an outright mistake that they went the route that they did. I just, like I mentioned before, I I wish they would have elaborated a little more on the internal struggles, but, uh, but yeah, that book ending is, uh, is pretty clever for sure, man. I can just imagine putting that down and being like, damn, did, did it, did did it actually (laughs) work? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but hands, obviously, uh, you know, we talked about this and you didn't know, so sorry to spoil the book for you, but, uh, what are are your thoughts? I specifically asked before we started talking about this, don't before the show, when the we book. did our pre-show, don't talk about the book because I was hoping to read it in the next like mm. few years. Gotcha. And yeah, um, that's a dark, that's a dark ending. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't put it past M9 to do that. Um, and and to be honest, I probably wouldn't be able to talk about two shows where a father's holding their their uh, daughter that's accidentally shot. Um, mm. you know that just uh, uh, spoiler alert for a couple of minutes from now. Um, but. <laughs> I, uh, that, that is interesting where like, I, I, Greg, I, I agree. You like when I think it would add a little more where yes, they didn't have to make the sacrifice. And now these, you know, the two husbands have to figure out who's going to die. Like I imagining like 
at that point it would be I would I would kind of feel like Andrew like if that was the case and and everything played out and Andrew still survived like then Andrew would kind of be in that situation where he's just like I don't want to live anymore like like then it's like maybe he like you know commit suicide or something where it's just like you know it, it sends him down like a dark road um I like how the movie did it but I would like to see how they put that book ending on screen maybe they shot it and it's like a, a another like an end night kind of thing where they release it on like a, a, if anyone still buys blu-rays anymore um gotta buy physical media gotta buy it yes Yes. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I was actually, I, it's funny about that. I was thinking about because a little bit off topic. I'm uh, looking to buy Hogwarts Legacy and I can't find it in stores anywhere because physical. I, I, so if I wanted it at Best Buy, I got to wait like four days, five days. Like you can't go to the store wow. and get it. So uh, either play it digitally or buy the physical copy. And they, buy the physical well, they, copy. they just removed uh, Arrested Development off of Netflix. So you know, March 15th. March 15th. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they're going good to, luck. so that that's good luck sad finding a, a physical copy of it somewhere to watch. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll got I'll my pay DVDs like, actually. First three seasons, I'll, I'll pay one hundred fifty for it on a on, on eBay. That's what if I want to watch it. Um, Greg, you got a you got a buyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you look looking to you looking we'll, to unload we'll some of them. Offline. Yeah, um, but I, I'd be interested to see maybe if they did film that and maybe they did. You know, they do these screen tests uh, like for for the movies before they come out. So. Maybe they have that somewhere in the vault, um, somewhere. Uh, it'd be interesting, but yeah, I'm wondering. So, like, I'm I'm going to operate under the assumption that they didn't film it, um, but you you could be right. Maybe they did, and they tested it, and it didn't work. But if they didn't film it, I'm curious as to why um, they went the route that they did in in changing that. Like, is it? Is it kind of hubris and it's like, let me make this my own and put my own yeah. stamp on it? Or is or, or was there like a genuine thought that um, I think this alternative is going to be better? I, or, or is it just, yeah. hey, you know, we know what sells and, you know, if we if we go that route, it's not going to test well. Audiences want a happy ending whatever so it's just you know there's no answer to that i'm just i'm curious yeah, we go back and forth yeah about yeah. why theorize and in, in regards to it i i just think sometimes with with visual media you want to have i don't want to say a more happy ending but a more explainable ending where i think mm-hmm. not all the times because you know i think some directors leave you you know thinking you know um you know leave you basically to contemplate you know what the decision was made but i think you know like i said i could just picture somebody reading this in a cabin or on the beach and putting this book down and being like damn did did the decision work they decided not to you know make another sacrifice and just go about their lives like you know anyway we'll we'll be back in two weeks to discuss uh you know (laughs) if we were in that situation what we would do and you know, join join us in two weeks for that. Um, we'll dive back in, but yeah, you could you could go down a rabbit hole of Doing what would my decision be, and yeah, and w- <laughs> what you know what what would it mean for it? But uh, I don't know if I gave my rating for this, but uh, I'm I'm kind of in line with Greg a little bit here. I gave it three stars out of five, so in that uh, in that one star ballpark there, Greg. So me and you are aligned. Hands, yeah, what do you I, what do you give it score wise? Three point five. I'm right. I'm right where you okay. are. Nice. Um, I, I can maybe make a little bit of an argument, maybe go a little higher, like three seven five, but three five, I'm pretty comfortable going there. 
solid, entertaining movie. Um, okay, well, let's move on to our second topic, which is the TV adaptation of uh, the video game The Last of Us. Uh, Hare, why don't you uh, help us dive in? Yeah, so uh, Last of Us um, is a PlayStation exclusive video game uh, developed by Naughty Dog um, for the Sony PlayStation. So for you non-gamers out there, if if you're enjoying the show and you want to play the game, you need a PlayStation. So um, it came out in 2013. It's an action-adventure game, but you can change those difficulty settings to be uh, as easy as you want them to be. Um, And the, the, the... I should say the show is a pretty, pretty, uh, you know, lone wolf and cub type situation or, you know, uh, basically a older man has to take a, a young person, uh, you know, through a journey um, in order to get to their, their end goal um, there. So um, there, the, the show, what do we, we're five episodes into this, uh, this series, uh, it's on HBO max, uh, or HBO, depending on, um, what you have. And basically the, the plot of this is after a global pandemic destroys civilization, a uh, hardened survivor by the name of Joel, uh, takes charge of a 14 year old, uh, girl named Ellie, um, who may be humanity's last hope. Um, and yeah, so What's interesting about this, and it's funny based off of one of the podcasts we did, uh, you know, uh, way back when, uh, in just talking about video game adaptations and the difficulty of converting a video game to either whether it be a television show or a movie has always been um, a difficult task. Um, and there's been some, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I, I think we're getting better at this. Um, but you know, there's still a long ways to go and it's similar to what we talked about with knock at the cabin. I think sometimes, you know, with a, with a movie that I was, I think excited for, uh, previously with uncharted also developed by naughty dog is I had accepted the fact that they were going to go in a different direction than the game and not follow the game truly. Um, and then with, with this, with the last of us, uh, this is, pretty much been a i wouldn't say a carbon copy but it's been pretty straightforward with the structure of the game um it was developed by neil Druckmann, um who you know works at naughty dog and and helped develop the game and and craig mazin has helped create it for television um and if you don't know who craig mazin is um he developed another wonderful hbo series he was also the writer of the hangover part two which i mean your mileage may vary on that um on that because that one's a unique one but um he also wrote the hbo series chernobyl uh which um if you haven't seen that um i would definitely uh, make time to check that one out it's a very short series um but man is it a uh is it like the wallop you um and hit you over the head with some things there uh it's it's a pretty intense one but anyway back to the last of us um so this story takes um you know joel and ellie on their adventures um, in regards to it. So I'll kind of throw it out to you guys. Um, You know, we have, we have Pedro Pascal as Joel. We have Bella Ramsey who plays Ellie. Kind of want to get your feelings. um, Cause I know we talked about this on, again, this was another one on our most anticipated list. This was um, on Hans's list. And this was an honorable mention for me in regards to it because 
I'll, I'll give my initial feelings here. You know, it, it's, it's been weird kind of watching a show. We're five episodes into the nine. Um, it's been weird kind of knowing what's going to happen. Um, you know, where the story is kind of going to go um, because they've been pretty true to that. Um, because I haven't had too many shows or movies or adaptations where I've actually read the book or, you know, watched the show, which then became a movie, um, I guess, or, you know, um, since probably like Harry Potter, um, when that, when that was all going on. So, um, I'll toss it, uh, toss it over to you, Papa. What was, what was your initial feelings, I guess, going into the show and, and how, you know, how have you been liking kind of the, the first five in regards to it? Um, yeah. So initial thoughts, um, I guess hesitant. Uh, and to mm. be fair, I still a little, uh, I'm still a little hesitant. I, uh, I'd say some of my fears have been assuaged, but you know, we're still only halfway through the season, so things could change. But, um, the last of us, I, th- I think it's a little more near and dear to your heart than mine. I know definitely, um, I think, <laughs> Uh, you you like it the most of us, and then I'm probably true. second. And hands, you know, is a, a a distant third. He's got some love, but you know, not not up there for him. Um, yep. So yeah, I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say a distant third, but yeah, I'm not. I, I from the general public who played the game, and I, I I could say that I don't love the game. I really enjoyed playing it. So I didn't hate it. A lot of people are like, I can't believe you don't like The Last of Us. I don't like, I didn't say I didn't like The Last of Us. I've played better games is all I'm saying. There you go. Um, and the game, and, and I'm, I'm going through, you know, kind of just a, a setup of the game to to kind of compare. It's just, it, it's very, yes, it's, it's a survival horror game, but um, it's done so well and you know the story is is kind of broken up into segments based on the uh seasons yeah and it just um it really left me uh well not only not only did i i really enjoy the game but you know it when i i hear that there's going to be an adaptation of it it left me a little cold because i just don't know I don't know how they'd be able to adapt this in a way that would pull me in. Um, Now that we're five episodes in, uh, I can say that overall, I'm happy with uh, what they've done. They've hewn fairly close to the games and I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, But there's still some stuff and, and maybe it's just a, because I I can't see the full picture yet, but mm. there's a few changes that they've made that I'm not. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm not super keen on, but put it this way, I, I I'm really enjoying the show. I think the production quality is great. I think the casting um, has been surprisingly good. I just it's not quite on the same level for me. Where it's like, like if I missed. Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, I had to see it as soon as possible. I had to. Um, Whereas this, it's like, okay, you know, I I definitely want to check this out within the first couple days, but that's more so out of preservation for not being spoiled and less like, I have to see this right now. Um, 
to be so that's where I, I'm standing. Yeah, I, before we jump in with with hands on it, I wanted to because there was a couple things you said that that were that I was rattling through my brain. And did you read the books for Game of Thrones or know anything about House of the Dragon? Uh, I didn't know anything about House of the Dragon. I read the mm. first book for Game of Thrones, but after I had seen uh, the first yeah, season. Gotcha. So uh, for me, like a lot of that stuff goes to like, and I'm not trying to say what you're thinking, but like, sure. I think it's like, Hey, you know where the story's going to go, you know, what episodes and you know, some of the, some of the concerns I think that you had were washed away for me pretty quickly. Um, once it was like, Hey, this is going to be on HBO. And that right away for me is like, this ain't going to be Netflix. You know what I mean? So True. we always, we always like to trash that. And then Definitely having a, a mind, yeah, having Neil Druckmann be a part of it in in the writing, having Craig Mazin, who, as I mentioned, I think I'm the only one here who's seen Chernobyl. Um, just the the way he uh, is able to take something like you would think the most intense part of Chernobyl would be the disaster of it, but some of the most intense scenes in that are just the little moments, um, and he. The, I can't recommend that enough, um, honestly. Um, and then the fact that, you know, Pedro Pascal, you know, I know he gets a lot of love for Mandalorian, but I was a huge fan of his in Narcos, um, which, you know, I don't know how many people have seen that. I know that's on Netflix, but that was when Netflix was cooking, not when they were just throwing anything out and just hamburger McDonald's serving us things. They were actually in the, in the back cooking, you know, Angus beef and, you know, making, making things happen. Um, you know, I was a little bit concerned with the Ellie role, um, in regards to that, but there was a lot of things for me where I think, uh, you know, some of my stress was alleviated in regards to that. So, and, and the fact that, you know, it felt like it was going to be a true adaptation, but hands, I'll toss it to you. What were your kind of, you know, fears or, you know, were you excited? Um, I know it was on your, your, you were the only one who had it on your, on your anticipated list. I had it as an honorable mention. Um, but yeah, talk us through about, yeah. So I, I, you know, I going back to what we just talked about, I'm probably the least, um, into the game as, as you guys and, and most of our friend group, I think they all love the, love the game probably more than I do. Um, I, I, and I, and I will say that probably most of that is probably because I jumped on the game late and at that time everyone had played it. So I probably was expecting this fantastic game and, I think the enjoyment would may have been ruined, not ruined, but just not as as big. And I just came late to the party. I um, I, I will say that some of the gameplay is a little challenging because I remember it being a little clunky as far as like some of the buttons you had to press to you know. Now we're getting to like how to games play, um, but yeah. it is a very cinematic game when it gets to like, hey, here, take fifteen minutes and kick back while we show you some cutscenes, um, yeah. which I think I wasn't new, but it was definitely some of the best you know, written acted stuff that I've seen in, in a video game. Yeah. So, and what year did the game, like, did the game come out? 2013 or something uh, like 2013, that? 2013. Yeah. About 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was a little, Happy anniversary. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say has like hesitant. I don't want to say hesitant is the wrong word. Cause I was actually really looking forward to this. Um, just, I mean, from the trailers and the casting with it, I, I, I really was into it. Um, I just finished over the, I think the past year I played last of us two, um, which I think was a little more into than the first se- the first game. Um, but with that being said, um, I, I love, I, I really do love this show. Um, I think it's really well done. I think I may be the highest on it. I mean, I don't know 
overall as we talk through it. Um, Interesting. Out of us three, um, I, I've Greg to go on your your point of you know needing to watch episodes like as they come out, like you are with Game of Thrones, where you're watching. This is how I was with Last of Us. Um, uh, how I am. Um, I like I. This is the uh, one of the only shows in a while that I can think of that as a new episode was being released, I was watching it like the day or the within twenty four hours. And like I think the other only other one recently was like Ted Lasso in the past few years. Um, so. I, I love that enjoyment factor of being able to like be excited for a new a new show every week until it's done. Um, a couple different things that I you know I, I I do love about it. I I think it's because maybe because I'm not high on the game as much. I I, I apologize. Let me take that back. I'm not. I I don't. I think the game is a little bit overrated for me. I I think the the show does a little bit better for me of tackling some of the big moments of the game. And it's just easier for me to watch, watch a show and kind of feel that emotion in a show than, than in a video game. Um, and I, I think some of the stories that they've been doing in the show, like fleshing out a little more of the characters. And when we get to like the character, we'll start talking about a couple of the specific episodes, like, um, like episode three with um with Bill, he's done completely different in the show than he is in the game. Um, in the game, he's kind of a crazy person. Um, in this, he's <laughs> not so much. Um, a little bit, a little bit of a, a crazy doomsday prepper. Um, but I like how they handled. I like how they they did some things different. So as a you know, I played through the game twice. There are some things that I don't remember, but there's also some things like I don't want a scene by scene recreation of the game. If I want that, I'll go back and play the game um, and, and you know, put 30, 40 hours back into that. Hmm. Uh, I, I like how they do some things different. And I and, and episode three between like that and episode five are probably like my favorite episodes of so far that we've gotten. And I love that whole um, the whole bill like basically story change um and even a couple other things like they added a few other characters in this uh um and i just brings a little bit freshness to an already existing property meanwhile while maintaining the overall story of the last of us of the game um and you know i i think i i i think it's probably why i you know i like it a little more than the game where it's just like i don't know i guess it's it's kind of hard to explain um but I, I just, I, it's, it's def. I love the, re- like the relationship between Ellie and Joel as much as I, I, I'm not, I think the game is a little bit overrated. I always thought the re- their relationship was fantastic in both, um, in both games and two for the little bit that he's, you know, um, I don't want to go into spoilers for season two or anything or game two if you haven't played it yet, but, uh, yeah. Um, but I think that I, I liked seeing how their relationship built and, you know, we're halfway through the show now. And Bella Ramsey, I was a little off on her. Like, I don't really know her from anything other than Game of Thrones. I don't think she's done anything major. I like being proven wrong when it comes to casting. I I thought she was like a little, like kind of like a, a, like an ambitious choice. I thought it was like, all right, well, we're going to get her because she's Game of Thrones fame. You know, Pedro Pascal was like already knocking it out of the park with a few things. So, um, I, I love being proved wrong. (laughs) Like in some of these things, I think she's a great alley. Pedro is a is a great Joel. 
Um, you know, a lot of people were angry at Peyton because, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a traditional white guy. And they're like, oh, you can't cast Pedro Pascal. He looks nothing like Joel. I'm like, A, yes, he does. B, he's, he's a fantastic Joel. Like, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, you know, I, Diego Luna as, um, as, uh, as Tommy doesn't really get much to do yet, but I think that's coming soon. Um, yeah. But again, like like go back to Bella Ramsey. She's she's a she is probably the best that we like you know a great version of real version of Ellie that we can get for a TV show outside of the game. Um, there were a couple other casts. If this was done like five ten years, like maybe like six seven years ago, I know a lot of people thought like Ellen Page would be a good one, um, a good um, Ellie, Ellie Page, and then yeah. Ellie Ellie Page. Well, at the time Ellen Page, yes, yeah. Um, and then what was um, Shannon Woodward? If you know who she is, she was on um, Westworld. Oh yeah, yeah, she did a couple other things, but I think that a lot of people were like would have liked her to be Ellie. Um, but again, they're like ten years older now, so I <laughs> would have worked. Um, I'm excited to see how they're going to wrap up the season. My worries are the Last of Us is a long game. We're halfway through, and I'm over pretty halfway. sure There's only nine. over halfway. We have four episodes left. And they have a lot to do. Well, they're going to cut out a lot yeah. of the. They're going to cut out a lot of the story. Um, yeah. Well, I will say there there was supposed to be ten episodes of it, but they combined episode one um, as like uh, an hour and a half because uh, it has it, so it has kind of two big hitters in there as far as like emotional moments in regards to that um, for it. Yeah, and and I and I and I bet I would even bet that the the finale is probably going to be a bit on the longer side. Um, yeah, I would say maybe like an hour, like hour and a half ish. It, I it just it, it it does worry me because there is so much to the game, and there's so many points of the game where I even forgot about Henry and Sam. To be honest, like I, yeah. I forgot about their characters. Now you sound like my mom. So I'm. Um, did she play the game? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. So I've I like I forgot all about them, and when I saw them in episode show at the end of episode four like i like got excited i'm like all right like i forgot all like this is the kind of thing like it brought me back to play instead of having to play the game like it kind of brought me back and now we get to see these characters for one episode because uh, that's uh, any if you're like a special guest on the show or anything or you you're like you team up with uh with uh ellie and and uh and joel Joel. you're probably only gonna last one episode let's see what it seems like um (laughs) So yeah, but I I just I don't know. I there's there's a lot of heart to this. Like you don't need those big action set pieces and like that we got in episode 5 as cool as it was. They were really that one ep- like with the horde was amazing. But you don't need that. And I think they're focusing on the 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 relationship side of of Ellie and Joel really well. So <clears throat> Yeah. My nice. this is my initials. Yeah. Well, I was I, I for one uh was was glad that uh I forget Gustavo's last name, but uh Basically, the the soundtrack for the game is is the same as the show, um, and it was really funny when I was talking with my wife uh, with Jill, and she uh, she turned to me and she said, oh, "Love the music," and I said, "Yeah, it's in the game." So that was that was a proud, nice moment that I um, that I that I felt. Um, you know, I'll just kind of generalize here, and if you guys want to touch base on anything, I want to toss it back. Um, you know, feel free. But uh, a lot of the stuff that's been changed from the game to the show, uh, you know, some of the Kathleen stuff, backstory of how the infection started, 
um, the storyline with uh, Sam and Henry, you know, how that differs a little bit, the Bill storyline. Um, I've been really happy with all those things. Um, I, I do love watching inside the episodes uh, after each each one to kind of just get a little bit of insight. Um, usually I'm not a fan of those, but in I don't know if it's later in my years, I've grown to appreciate like how they end up making these decisions or how they create it. And, you know, one of the things I think it was Neil Druckmann said, it's like, hey, if we can improve on this, you know, let's go for it. Um I, I've been really happy with a lot of the supporting cast, like we talked about, um, you know, with with the casting of, of Kathleen, um, with Tess, uh, Anna Torv, who plays Tess, um, Lamar Johnson, who was Henry, um, Kavon Woodard, who played Sam, who is actually, you know, a deaf actor, which if you watched the inside the episode, you, you saw that. Um, I mentioned Kathleen, Melanie, uh, Lazinski. Uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Pierce, who plays Perry, who actually I think plays Tommy on the game. So there's there's been a lot of cool little Easter eggs in there, which I'm more of a fan of when it comes to this type of Easter eggs than in the Marvel movies when it's like, did you get a glimpse of that room and see comic one eight seven for this? And this could mean that you know M- Mephisto's <laughs> coming. Um, so th- those are a little fun. Um, like a, like a lot of people, I loved episode three um, when we get a when we get a look into uh, to Bill to Bill's life and the difference between him in um, in the game as opposed to the the show. Um, I also was a really big fan of this last one. I, I not even just for the action that you kind of get at the end, but kind of the Kathleen storyline and through the game you pick up notes sometimes and um and i think it kind of tells the story of how this happened um in regards to it but to see it on screen was was really cool um and then um yeah i'll save i'll save my kind of final thoughts of what i'm concerned about but i'll toss it back over to you greg um i didn't know if you wanted to touch base on you know any any character that you loved or you know episode that really stood out for you in regards to that um into the series so far yeah, so to kind of touch base on the casting, um, I agree, you know, I think all solid choices, almost all solid choices for casting. Um, nice, get them. It's funny, it's funny because, you know, yeah, there was a, I don't want to say there was an uproar, but there was a little bit of uh, grumbling about Pedro Pascal. I think, I think not only does he look like Joel, but also, um, you know, he's, he's got the right vibes and the right attitude. Uh, Bella Ramsey. So she's absolutely got the vibes of Ellie, um, but she does not look like Ellie to me. (laughs) So Hmm. I still like it literally every time I see her, I'm just like, that doesn't, that doesn't look like Ellie. It's just, it's the face. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that I'll I'll overcome that. I'm assuming I will. Um, and you know, obviously, it's it's no fault of Bella's <laughs> her facial structure, but uh, yeah, I just I don't see Ellie in her physically. But um, you know, the the most important thing is is the attitude, and she totally nails that 100. percent Yes. Um, and the only other thing, the only other casting I'm not completely sold on yet, and maybe it's just because we haven't got a ton of time with them, is what Hans mentioned, which is Diego Luna as uh, Tommy. Um, 
it looks like we'll be getting a lot more of Tommy uh, soon, very soon. So I'll save my judgment until then. But just for what we've seen of him so far, um, I don't quite get that Tommy feel from him. So I don't know. It's uh, that's just where I'm at. Uh, everybody else, though, I I love. I think uh, perfect fits for all the characters. Um, I'm just gonna go through some some quick thoughts I had uh, episode by episode. Um, episode one, absolutely loved it. Uh, it wasn't quite one to one with the game, but it was close enough for me. Um, unlike Hands, I I do want to see more of a straightforward adaptation of the game with the key moments in there. Um, just because, you know, anytime there's, there are these media adaptations of huge IP, there's never, there's never a direct correlation. And it always drives me a little bit nuts. Some properties more than others, but you know, there's a reason that this property became so well known and, and, um, you know, it's the story, the characters, you know, the way everything was executed. So, yeah, I would like to see, you know, as close an adaptation as possible sometimes. And, you know, I'm not unreasonable. I know some changes need to be made. But, uh, but you know, this this was super close to uh, to the games, episode one. Um, and, yeah, there was a really heartbreaking moment with the uh, the little girl outside the QZ, and then she comes in, and, you know, they, they test her, they find she's positive, and the next thing we see of her is not actually her, but her sneakers. Yeah. And, well, actually, we do see her, but, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was a pretty sad moment, I think, uh, set a, a good tone. Um, episode two did have big video game vibes. Uh, I hmm. loved the museum section. But I felt like the state house portion wasn't quite as exciting because in the games you have, uh, you know, Fedra coming after you as well as the clickers. And um, here it was just, you know, mindless zombie horde. And that was it. Um, episode three. <laughs> so, Harry, you and I, uh, you probably pestered me uh, asking my thoughts on this and if I had watched it. Uh, multiple times offline at work uh, because you were excited to no no it's good I I enjoy it Uh, and believe me I I did want to watch it Uh, at the time I was waiting for my wife um, so we could catch up because we're we're kind of Janet step up yes Um, but I think maybe you were asking me that because this was a, a fairly big departure from the game and I'm kind of mixed on the way that um this went down part of me wanted a closer adaptation to the games because I really enjoyed that section where you're, you're going through the town and, you know, trying to hide from the clickers and then, uh, you know, taking on the bloater in the school all, all to get, um, to get the car battery. And it's, you know, it's very action packed and that wasn't what we got here. Um, we got quite the opposite to that, but, I'd say it was a fair trade. It's it's hard to argue against the story that we got the background with uh, Bill played marvelously by uh, Nick Offerman and Frank, who equally exceptional uh, Murray Bartlett. Um, oh yeah. They, I forgot to shout really, out Murray. Uh, they really gave us a, a complete story and, and background on Bill and Frank. And, 
even though it wasn't what I wanted, I'm happy with what we got because it was very emotional. And it was, uh, you know, look, these like I'm sure people in that world, uh, you'll you'll see people come in and out of your life, and you know life is is fragile in those circumstances, and uh, um, stuff can be gone in the blink of an eye, or you know maybe you get ten years of happiness and and then move on. But um, but it was a very very touching story. So uh, happy that we got that. I almost wonder if um, when the Emmys roll around, if uh, Nick Offerman might get a um, yeah. a nom for that. Yeah, they usually do. I think episodes too, or like what was the just sing the standalone episode. So I'm sure they'll be throwing that one out. Um, right around the yeah. I mean, time. they do uh, guest guest actor. I believe. Yeah, so that's true. That's, yeah, you're right. Good point. Um, episode four uh, again had big video game vibes, and it was really nice to see. Um, the evolution of the relationship with Ellie and Joel. This was like the first episode where we got a significant uh, portion of time with them together. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the, the beginning um, they're in the truck on the road and uh, he basically tells her flat out. Yeah. You're not family, you're cargo. And by the end of the episode, that bond has uh, basically, completely changed um you know he's he's laughing at her jokes and and kind Puns. of uh, breaking yes <laughs> and kind of breaking down um uh those walls so very very good to see and then episode five uh the latest episode henry and sam absolutely loved them uh, they were aces um the tunnels versus the tunnels in the show versus the video games I didn't quite like as much in the show Um, in the video games. There's a very distinct eerie horror feeling to it because there were a group of people that were there. They're not there now. And it's like, okay, what happened to this little mini society? And you kind of get uh, glimpses of it through, I, I believe it's like, I don't remember if it's like journal pages or, you know, writings yeah. on the wall, but thing, things of that nature. And it kind of tells the story well, and then you run into, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to, it's very much set up the way it was on the show with like, you know, the way the set design, as far as like right. what it looked like. But right. the, in the game, you end up going there because you're running away from the people of the city um, and which is in Pittsburgh. Um, right. And you end up like escaping and it's like, well, the only way through is through here. And like you said, it does have that like, oh, boy, we're going inside a, you know, confined place and like trying to get to the other side. That doesn't sound great. Yeah. And it's it's just there's very much a horror bent to it. Yeah. Um, or at the at the very least, again, a, a feeling of uneasiness and dread, whereas in here it's almost completely the exact opposite where um, it's kind of like a respite where uh Sam and um, Ellie get to kind of let their guard down and they're, they're playing uh, soccer and, you know, going, talking about comics and uh, Joel and uh, Henry get, get a little more into Henry's backstory, but there's like, there's no, there's no feeling of dread or horror there. And it's like, well, this is kind of a horror show, you know? Um, So I, it, 
that change I wasn't the biggest fan of. I mean, again, you know, the the execution of what we got, really good. Kudos. But uh, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. Um, Kathleen as a character, soccer mom Kathleen, not exactly instilling fear. Uh, as an actress, um, you know, the, the actress playing her, I thought she did the best with what she could. But uh, I don't know. There was just there was never a point where I looked at her when she was on screen as psychotic as she was uh, at some points with her. I say psychotic, but it, it's psychotic in a very even keeled, like, nope, I'm going to capture and kill you guys type of manner. Um, but it just, it didn't, didn't instill fear in me. I didn't uh, get any vibes like this is someone that we should uh, um, fear. Uh, when I, it's, it's very hard because not only did I read the walking dead comics, but obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I stayed with the show for six or seven seasons. Um, so we got a lot of time with those Too characters long. and yeah, well, I, I think I dipped right at the, the right point, but, um, but in the walking dead, you have really iconic villains like the governor and Negan. And, you know, when I see l- human leaders setting up, these operations um those are kind of the prototypes that i look at where it's like okay you get one look at this person and you know they are not to be trifled with and kathleen was not giving me those vibes at all Uh, you know she just seemed like all right we're gonna get past this segment and that'll be that um like, uh, more like Harry- that was like kind of like a villain of the week type of deal. Like yeah. that that's where yeah. I feel like this this show kind of goes where it's like a different story every week, but it like you know there definitely is that overall theme to it. But she, I mean she was a villain for two episodes and she didn't like, yeah. I don't I oh, felt that too where she yeah. didn't necessarily I don't want to say like <clears throat> Melanie Linsky has like a very what's the word I'm trying to think? Like a very calm voice like and yeah. I think it's like I think that's what makes her scary is like she's so certain and she's so like just matter definitive in what she's gonna do the, yep. uh, like yeah i'm gonna kill you like and i and i'm gonna have no remorse about it so yeah um <laughs> but yeah I, I i agree like she she's a very it, her character is really weird to put in the show but yeah i don't know and she was yeah, made up just, for this yeah you know they're they're stuck in a whole city that apparently her group is is running or at least a big section of it and she is the de facto leader and you know they're they're on this revenge mission against uh henry and all this stuff and it's like i but but i just i don't see as a threat you know i Mm -hmm. i don't know like there's not maybe maybe we needed to see something a little more uh in terms of action versus just um yeah just words because like that doctor in the beginning that she was interrogating like if she had turned around and smashed his head in with a hammer, um, then I'd probably have a different impression of her, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I I think for me, it works for me because they talk about like her brother being like the chosen one for this like mission per se mm-hmm. and for this yeah. revolution. And, you know, when you have that, you always have the, you know, it's similar to Walking Dead where it's like you have Rick who's like the goody two-shoes and then you have the Shane who's like a little rougher around the edges and 
Um, you know, and that's what I think her character is supposed to be, but she like she's the one who helps kind of spark them over the edge after the death of her brother. Um, in order to make that change and to overtake that. And I, I kind of like the contrast of like, she isn't your typical, you know, um, comic booky villain of like, Oh, when I see her, I think here comes trouble. Um, I like the fact that it's a, it's a different, um, archetype, uh, to have. Um, but you know, that's, that's just me. That's, you know, uh, and my that's side. fair. I would say I would say that's fair in normal stories, but my my problem here is that all right, we're living in a time and a in a world. We live in a society. Uh, we live we live in, in a society. A place, uh, we live in a place where might makes right. Right. You're yeah. you're. It's either kill or be killed, eat or be eaten. Um, and you need follow, to be yeah. a certified G to to have people following you and understand you're not to be trifled with. And I did not see any of that strength from her. Why are these people listening to her other than the fact that she is the sister of the chosen one? You know, like there's there's yeah. not any of that. And maybe well, maybe that's just yeah. they they cut that to trim down on time or they felt it was unnecessary, but it's tough to to take a villain seriously if like yeah. I don't I don't fully get what um what they can do, you know? Yeah. But um, the other thing too is, and I will say too, is like she shoots sure. the doctor kind of off screen. Um they don't really show us shoot a like her shoot him and then when they have all the people rallied up. Like she ends up sending others to do her bidding in regards to taking care of them, as opposed to just taking them out one by one inside the cage there. Um, right. You know, and so, again, it's all, yeah. you know, hinted at and off screen and yeah. everything. And it's like, I, I guess it just doesn't have the full yeah. impact. That's fair. Um, two criticism. last parts and <laughs> two last parts and I'll uh, pass it off here. But uh, with episode five, um, I did love the sniping scene, uh, you know, again, changed up from the game a little bit. Um, but I, I like what we got. The only thing I thought was, uh, a little, um, hard to believe was Joel's un- seemingly unlimited ammo supply. Um, uh, I, look, I am, I am not a, uh, gun enthusiast or, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you, what a clip is for whatever type of gun that he was using, like how many rounds in, in the, in a clip, but uh, I can guarantee he probably ran out um, or would have run out if this had been reality. And they didn't take the time to show us a weapons cache in the room, even in like just a quick shot. So I'm, I'm kind of left wondering how he was able to get as many shots off as he did. Especially in a game in The Last of Us where you're fighting for resources all the time to like get Absolutely. ammo is very limited and tape and all that other stuff. So Absolutely. I would, I would like you to go back and watch and, and Greg, bring up The Walking Dead. Watch the season finale for season two when Herschel is shooting a, a double barrel shotgun, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's literally has he I I, I think a double barrel shotgun. I don't I, again I don't know maybe oh, like two barrels it's double so yeah but four <laughs> six rounds total where you have to reload like maybe I don't I don't know I don't know if it's double barrel but it's a shotgun and they don't hold like they don't hold more than I don't yeah. know six rounds he fires mm-hmm. like twelve to fifteen shots 
and he's just mowing down zombies with a shotgun and he doesn't reload once. So when you, when I, if you put that on the notes, that's immediately what I thought of where he was just going (laughs) off and not reloading. So that's my, that's my favorite, like, my, my, I, what, every time I think of The Walking Dead, that's one of the scenes I think of where it's, it's usually a trope down. in most, most well, things, too. Yeah. yeah that, that, they're like, I'm no gonna, one's going to think about this. <laughs> I am going to uh, YouTube that after the show, but uh, just know that, you know, Pedro Pascal must have put it's, in the cheat code. It's um, like, I think Herschel puts on Emma. Herschel yes. puts on like a, like a trench coat, and then like after that, it's just like, it's like, it's like a cheat code. And he yes. just like starts mowing people down. It's great. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, the ending to the episode. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, the one thing I wish we got a little more of. Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Let me rewind real quick before I get to the ending. Um, the bloater. Uh, love to see the bloater. I think it was uh, adequately um, a menace. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, the the. The stakes uh, with it being present were uh, were just so. I think they they uh, they really did that well. Um, I do hope at some point we see one blown up, and then we can explain why it's a bloater, and you know it, yeah, uh, all the gas pops and all that stuff. Um, back to the ending, uh, crazy end. Uh, really, you know, enjoyed it. If that's the right word, I think they they did a good job <laughs> with it. Um, uh, but I, if there was one thing I would have liked, I think, um, I think playing up, uh, that time when Sam actually changes because Ellie gets, you know, she falls asleep and then she wakes up and Sam's got his back to us. And, you know, I, I suppose they do that for dramatic effect, but <clears throat> when Sam and Ellie were talking right before, um, Ellie went to sleep, uh, you know, Sam wrote down um, something along the lines of, uh, you know, are you afraid that uh, or I'm afraid that um, it, is there still going to be some of me in there? Um, is, when, yeah, is the monster the inside chatters? you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I think The Walking Dead, I'm I'm almost positive The Walking Dead's done it before. I uh, I'm pretty sure we've seen it in other zombie stuff. But for me. One of the most terrifying things in um, zombie movies is when you actually see that change, like that moment where just the the flicker of the candle of life gets snuffed and then the change happens. It's just uh, it's really a very powerful moment uh, where it's like that is the final struggle. You're gone. And now you know, the virus or, or the fungus, yeah. whatever it is uh, in, in that property has taken over. And I, I, I feel like I really would have liked to have seen that with Sam again, just to, you know, convey the horror, but, um, but what they did, you know, again, I'm sure they did it for dramatic effect and it was adequate. It was fine. Uh, I just personally having seen that in other things, I would have liked to have seen it again because that is the, the terrifying thing for me that, that absolute final moment and then the switch. Um, so anyway, those are, those are my thoughts on uh, uh, the episodes. Um, toss it over to you hands. Yeah. So um, I just going by, I, the one thing I want to mention about the first two episodes, I think it's the second one. Um, 
is the cold opens that we have that explain mm. the virus, the history of the virus. Oh, I, I remember saying, I remember saying when we talked about like my most anticipated, I think at the time I was the only one, excuse me, who had watched the, the first episode. Yeah. I mentioned the cold open is like, it's like very chilling because it's like, all it is is these two scientists talking about, you know, global, like about this fungus existing. And once the world warms up, I'm not bringing this back to global warming, but um, you know, as the world Amazing, gets maybe. warmer, then the fungus can can spread and and basically thrive. Um, and I think sorry to it, sorry to interrupt, but just to to not to scare her, but to get Janet more invested in her, I explained this is a very real thing. It's unlikely that it could happen, but the cordyceps does exist. So, look at you, yeah, yeah, riling up the wife. I, I that's why I love like BuzzFeed articles that come out and they're like, actually, like, could this ever happen? And it's like, yeah, it could, but the chances are like really, really low. Right. Right. Um, but I love that they explain that because you know they do talk about like viral infections spreading across the world, like like you know we just went through it for three years with COVID, and then they 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 hit with the fungus stuff and the talk about the scientific possibility. And this was back in the sixties or seventies, whenever it was recorded, like that was supposed to be. And then it jumps in in the next episode is the um, – I don't know what, what her position was, the scientist, the doctor yeah, who yeah. made the decision to bomb, to bomb the city um, to, to try and contain, to contain the virus. And at that point, like, you know, they were thrown the white flag and she's like, I want to go home with my family and, and be with them while this happens. Um, so Love I, I thought they were – like that was great to build the tone of like where the show's going and, and to see what – I think we're going to get one or two more at like maybe cold opens like that as it gets a little like to show a little bit more of the craziness. Um, but the first episode was, was great. was right out of the game uh, for the, for almost shot for shot right out of the game. Um, I loved seeing, I, I don't want to say I love seeing Sarah die, but I thought um, seeing it on screen, I think like, you know, um, the, the actress who played um, Sarah and I forget her name, but I know her mom, Sandy Newton. Um, she was phenomenal, Sarah. I thought she was great. I thought Pedro, like, I thought they added to that death scene, like, like out of the game, like added a lot more emotion to it. Um, I couldn't get too invested in it and get sad because I knew it was coming. I know a lot of people who probably watched it never played the game. So I was talking to a few people at work and they were like, yeah, like they never, they never played the game. So they weren't aware of what, Wait, what happened. You, you talked to other people at work other than us. That's pretty rude. There's a few other people. Uh, yeah, because you guys sit on the uh, and uh, like a right. mile Fair away. Enough. I can't uh, talk to myself. The actress's name is uh, Nico Parker, who plays Nico uh, Parker, Sarah. who's Sandy Newton's daughter. Um. So, yeah. So I thought that was a, a great way to set it up. Um. You know, episode two was. Uh, I I liked how I I think episode two was a good. You know, it was the our said our our goodbyes to Tess, even though we've known her for like two episodes. Um. But we're starting to see. Um you know, the relationship between Joel and Ellie where they, they obviously don't like each other, but they're starting to see that like, you know, people who don't watch the, um, or didn't play the game know that like, there's kind of going to be something here because they, you see like a bud and it's starting to like blossom. Um, episode three, uh, I, I loved episode three. I really did. And that was like what put me over like the edge for my love of the show. Um, I like how it was different from the books. I'm glad they didn't include the school. Um, I, I just think like, yes, the game is how great it is. Like they have some great set pieces in the game and some good, mis- like memorable missions. But 
I think for a show, like you can't really have that because I think they were more focused on building the relationship with Joel and Ellie. And I think making Bill, you know, like an old curmudgeon, he was very similar to Joel where they didn't like each other, but they respected each other and their survival. I think you needed to put that story in there to make Joel aware that yes, there, you can't always be angry and there is something worth saving. And if it's possible for Bill, then it's possible for Joel. But at that time, you know, Bill thought Tess was still alive and didn't know about Ellie. Yeah. Um, but I think it kind of lit that lit that thought process of Joel being like, all right, well, I like I need to care. Like Ellie's as much as she is cargo, like I need to care for her. Like this is she's basically the only person I have right now. Um I, I, I like how they still included some of the Bill stuff, like his booby traps are all around the little town that they have. Um, Murray Bartlett, who uh, a lot of people were not aware that he was in the White Lotus and then saw another HBO gem. Um, had no like, idea that was him. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I really didn't. Love it. So I knew it because I looked on IMDb after I watched the White Lotus and I'm like, I know I've seen this guy somewhere and I forget where. I think I've seen him in a couple other things. And then I saw that he was going to be on Last of Us. And I was like, oh, he's playing Frank. And I remember from the game, Frank and Bill's relationship, you never see Frank because he kills himself because he hated Bill. Um, and I think that was kind of cool how they did it differently to make it look like you know they fell in love. And there are some little things in the story where it's like you think that they're not going to like each other and the story is going to go similar to how the game goes. But like where they're fighting and they're kind of like, I can't stand you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I like how they did it differently and, and – Bill and Frank lived a life together. Um, I thought it was kind of shocking that Bill did what he did and killed himself. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I thought it was it was like beautifully done. It was. I, I don't know if they built that little town. I don't know how they did that, but that town that that's my kind of town. Like that's like nice and small. Like you know, there's a, there's a dress shop down the street and like whatever or like a tailor. Um, so yeah, you can just go like go get get some clothes down the street like like a stone's throw. Um but yeah, I, I just I, I thought it was extremely well done for like if you're a fan of the game and you know the game well, like there's people who played through the game like thirty times and are, are pissed that they got what they got. Like, no, stop. Like I, I think what we got was much better to the story that they're trying to tell on screen. Oh, those uh, are the real trolls, and nobody cares about their opinions. Yeah, like you guys think I'm like I troll. I do it out of just like out of just for like like laugh value. Like trolls, these people do it for like just to cause grief. I don't do it. I oh, just so, do it. So you do love way. the Dark Knight? No, I hate the Dark Knight. <laughs> um, Moving on. Yeah. No, they say every time I mention Dark uh, Dark Knight, hate. That's not trolling. That's just my feelings. Um, Moving on. So then, like, <laughs> so episode four I, and and. I'm, I, when I say this, it's not anything negative. I think it was the weakest episode for me. Um, but I don't mean that on a, this is a, sh- a show with no bad episodes. I think this is the one I liked the least. And I found myself a little like not as invested in, um, you know, I liked Kathleen's character. I thought it was, I thought, you know, there were some cool things in it. I liked, you know, Joel, this is the first time we got to see Joel, I think, going against other, like, humans, like you do in the game sometimes when you see, like, scavengers. Um, so I thought that was cool. Um, and, you know, it's a, it definitely has that game mentality where it's just, like, the over-the-shoulder kind of, like, where you're hiding behind a car and these guys are, like, trying to come around on you. So it's basically what the game is. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I thought it just there were. I needed. I don't. I need. I just thought it was. It was. It, it really just. Well, I think the focus was just to build on Ellie and Joel's relationship, and if that was the goal, then it, it worked, and I they start to like each other. Um, episode five, I, I, I thought was fantastic. Um, from everyone involved, uh, I forgot from the game, like I said, that there was that um Henry had killed Sam. And then he killed himself. So watching that after I saw it, I was like, "Oh!" And then it kind of brought came back from the, from the game, like thinking about the game. I'm like, "Yeah, it does happen." But not remembering it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I forgot all about that. Um, the bloater was, uh, you know, when it wasn't moving and like doing like action set pieces. Yeah, there's definitely some CGI, but <clears throat> the prosthetics involved with it, and even just going back with the entire show, the prosthetics with like with the um the actual um clickers whether it's a clicker or the the bloater when it's not in motion are like terror are terrifying they are they look they don't even look like people but you know there's someone there's people underneath there um so the the makeup department if they do makeup in the emmys i don't know if they do but it needs to go to the last of us because their costume design or whatever um so yeah but i i thought at this point I, I made the joke earlier. If you're if you're joining Joel and Ellie for the ride, you're probably not going to make it far because that seems to be like how everyone goes. Um, I, it's sad to see. I, I would have liked to see maybe if they rewrote it and had Henry and Sam survive. But the show is is definitely like is relying a lot on emotional gut punches, and I, I think you need that was an important part of the game that you know I read after read up on like after I watched the episode. And a lot of people were looking forward to that. Um, it, like you know, morbidly sounding, um, but um, you know, I think now we're getting into the point where Joel and Ellie are going to end up at um, in Jackson with Tommy. Um, and I think the you know some of these characters were really there just to build build Joel's character where he wants to start saving people and he wants to kind of seize humanity for what it at least what it was because he's been and he's had he's survived in both worlds when it before the the breakout and after so i think he's starting to see you know there there are people worth saving and it's just a shame that you know henry and sam had to go out the way they did because i think they were kind of like building that bond but you know i think that that they brought them in too just to develop ellie's character just as much because at this point, I think Ellie realizes how important she is when she's trying to rub the blood on Sam and trying to save him. And, you know, she right puts the I'm sorry note. And, you know, I, I think she's she's maturing more than she should at her age. And I think now she just wants to you're going to start seeing that relationship build where Joel's going to respect Ellie for just kind of being like, look, you've been through a lot for a young at, at your age. You shouldn't this shouldn't be your your weight to bear so uh, i you know i think it's going to get interesting as we get to jackson with tommy and and beyond um i'm really interested to see where they end this end the season um i know we're confirmed season two is confirmed if they're going to knock the first game out in season one um they have a lot to go but you know i I guess we'll see i think they're going to cut a lot out there's one scene i don't want them to cut out it's the giraffe scene so i hope they keep that so nice 
Yeah. I, it's funny talking to you guys because uh, when you guys are like, I could, I didn't remember this part or I couldn't remember. I, I remember everything uh, about the game. So how how um, many times realistically have you played through it? Uh, realistically, probably like three. Um, okay. I mean, not a lot, but it's just I, I it's when stuck I. With you. Yeah, it really stuck with me, and it's one of those things of, like, when the second one was coming out, I made sure to replay it. So we talk about it being 10 years old, but it's like I probably played it in 2013, and then again, like, maybe a year or two later, uh, or when it got re- re-released on the PlayStation 4, and then when the second one was coming out, I was like, I got to replay again. Um, so it's just funny to to hear you guys talk about that. And I'm, I've been do, what I've been doing is I've been counting the last four episodes and figuring out how they're going to fit everything in. And that kind of leads me to my point of like I really wish, and you know maybe if we circle back to the Last of Us when it's over, um, we can talk about where I think the season should have ended. Um, maybe that's just because I don't want this to this. I want this show to be able to take its time. I want it to be able to dive in with the characters even deeper and further. But, you know, I know at the end point, you know, uh, they can't, you know, take up Pedro Pascal for nine months to shoot last of us two, uh, or last of us. And then, but I, I will say, I do hope, you know, I know we're, we still have four more to go, but I do hope they take a break in between this and the second one. Um, and take a beat and, and kind of figure out because there could be a situation here, uh, in, let's say four years where uh, they've finished season two. And if it follows uh, the second game, uh, you're kind of out of content. So we could get into a situation where do you go off on your own and continue it? Is it still doing gangbusters? Um, You know, or did they have the third game in development? So uh, there's a lot of sticky stuff that, you know, I think we could save for another pod, but um, yeah, my concern is just, I I think they should have probably, tried to stretch the first game out to maybe about a season and a half, um, in my opinion. But um, I'll circle back to, I mean, the five out of five stars, if we're, if we're doing any ratings, uh, loving it, um, biased. Uh, you know, we'll see how it, we'll see how the last four pan out because one of my big things, and I, I stress this all the time, is uh, let's wait until it's finished. Um, so this obviously, you know, the first game had a, had a finish line. Um, obviously they made a second one, so, you know, there'll be more to tell after this first season, but let's see how they, uh, land the plane or, uh, don't cause this and knock at the cabin seem to have uh planes just falling out of the sky. So Papa, I'll throw it to you for any, uh, final thoughts. Yeah. So I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, the first game should have been one and a half to two seasons of filming. I know we spoke about this offline, but I think it was extremely short-sighted on HBO's part to only green light one season. You had to know this was going to be a hit. Um, why would you not, you know, green light? Two you know, seasons, there's a second game them. already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Film, film season one as film the first game as two seasons film them back to back so that way you know there's no delays and i get you know scheduling difficulties with pedro pascal obviously he's got mando he's got you know everything else but um you know there's there's got to be a way that they could have made that work um i'm really really hoping they do not cut out the winter section of the game it's my favorite part of the game uh i love that whole um, scenario and uh, you know I think for me that's one of the biggest you know man versus man segments in the game uh, and I just 
I have a feeling they're going to chop it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that portion of the game takes place before they get to Tommy, right? Uh, no, it takes place after they oh. get to Tommy. Oh, okay. So maybe they won't cut it and I'll be just yeah. peaches. <laughs> uh, so yeah. what, what is your, like, I know they have some casting and they release some, some pictures. I don't remember the winner part of the game, but there's like some guy who's coming. Who's like kind of a real, like winter. Yeah. Winter is, is when it changes hands in the game of who you're controlling. Mm-hmm. So that that's okay. when in the that's first when one? winter comes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I and I forget who like if there's a couple characters' names. I think they might. I think they were already cast. But I think I think yeah. that might be coming. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. Okay. I would agree. Yeah. Cool. All right. In that case, I'll, I will hold my horses. Uh, but um, speaking of horses, one other thing that I'm kind of bummed out that we don't get as much of, and this isn't this isn't the fault of the creators. It's, it would just be impossible to do. But one of my favorite parts of the games is when you're really in these desolate environments and it's just you and Ellie uh, or Joel and Ellie um, traveling and, you know, having uh, just interactions. We got some of that in episode four but I understand also you have a show and you need to fill it and there's got to be pacing and stuff. Whereas, you know, a game is 30, 40 hours long and you can space that stuff out and have those character moments. I know you you can't get that with a season, but I just, I kind of mourn the loss of those little moments because um, this is a world where it's like, you know, there's absolute horror, but there's also kind of a beauty to, seeing you know this great civilization reclaimed by nature and and just you know kind of taking that in and also having these um these deep character moments and and you know conversations so kind of sucks that we don't get that but i i also know that's part and parcel with you know what uh the adaptation in this form of media I'm glad, and I don't know if it's coming. I forget if it's in the game of the water episode with or the water part, and where you had to keep switching the rafts and everything, and the and with Ellie and Joel. I hate that part of the game, <laughs> so I'm glad they didn't. They they're not doing that. Um, but yeah, I, they, I, did, my, they, they did reference that Ellie can't swim, though, right? So that yeah, was cool. yeah. I, I and was then like and then that. like Joel jumped in the water, and it was like ankle high. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> my biggest fear with this show, and and I guess we kind of touch on a few times it's just there's so much that if they follow like season one being the first game season two being the second game and you know with season two already being announced season two has a lot i mean episode two, or game two has a lot of stuff that you're not going to be able to fit in a typical like i feel like you can get away with the first game and doing it in one season i, I think that the story is pretty basic enough but i think there's a lot that they fit in season two that I I think it's going to be difficult and they're going to, they're going to have to like rework it. I think, I think they could stretch it out. I I think that would be the play. Go eight episodes, do six. There's a couple things in the second game that I'm pretty sure they're not going to do based on certain characters popularity. Well, we can, we can, Save that for other conversations. Yes, I don't want to get into spoilers because sure. I because they did say that the gate the the um the 
game sales for the first one have gone up like like re- like skyrocketed like i think it's like a thousand percent so and since the game came out so i hope that really you know more people you know that opens it up to that one and two but um i, I think that, that with four episodes left i i i think the they're gonna cut out a good chunk of some stuff like i don't think we're getting that giraffe something tells me we're not yeah. getting that giraffe we, we shall see um, the jury, that's just all. to kind of finish up, I, I would say uh, I hate to give quarter star ratings. I like to stick with half, but um, I would give the show so far four point two five out of five. Really, really well done. Enjoying it very much, and uh, looking forward to where we go from here. I'm hoping if if season one is just an adaptation of the first game, I'm really hoping they green light. Um, like seasons two and three at the same time to to dive into s- the second game more. Uh, and I also, man, I hate to be a spoil sport, but even I forget who it was. I think it was like the head of Naughty Dog said that, um, you know, they really don't want to make a third one unless they can find a, a really good reason to continue the story. And Along those lines, uh, number one, I, I respect that um, tremendously because it is kind of a complete story between the two games. But uh, number two, I really hope that HBO uh, or you know Warner Discovery, whoever, um, doesn't take matters into their own hands and you know go beyond the, the content yeah. that we have now. I just I'm not interested, um, and I think that it it has a chance to hurt the um i guess the perception of the quality of the franchise so agreed hands yeah final thoughts no i i i'm just you know i with that note i know like the third yeah because i know they announced that like they're done with uncharted thank god we're not getting more of those movies i'm pretty sure it was the same interview yeah yeah it was i they, they said like i think they would like to do a three but it's just like I agree with your like do split se- split season two up and or game two into two seasons because in my mind, as I'm like imagining it, there's definitely two store two seasons that you can get out of that. Um people won't be happy like they did when they were playing the game, but you know, <laughs> deal with it. Um But yeah, I I don't know. I just I I need to see where this this show where they plan on ending the show to really feel confident about the show going forward. Because and then I, I think you'll get an idea of like what kind of stuff they're going to cut out as like they do what like are they going to take major risks with certain things and, and are they going to just, you know, reevaluate like now that Druckmann's on 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 both or hopefully he's doing season two. I'm sure he would be, um, you know, that they make smart choices that keep people wanting to come back. I mean, I feel like you could have split this up into it, like you said, a season and a half, but. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know where the four where the the episode nine is going to land us. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, Harry, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on with that? Or no, just just excited okay. to get to the last four episodes uh, in a few weeks. Uh, same night, same night as the uh, Oscars. Um, the you think they're ep- going to release Aaron. it early like they did for the Super Bowl? 
No, I think they know they'll have a bigger audience in the Oscars role. So uh, right. I, I don't think they're stressed about that. But uh, real quick, I wanted to mention uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the show. But uh, the day after we saw Knock at the Cabin, because we're talking about planes falling on the sky, I took my wife to the airport. So that wasn't uh, traumatizing <laughs> at all. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, she made it. She that's, made it fine. By the way, there was no issues or concerns. So. That's okay. When we went on our honeymoon, um, I decided to watch. Uh, we knew where we were going. We were going to Hawaii, but I decided to watch um, Lost because Lost is filmed in Hawaii. But how do they get to the island in Lost? The uh, plane crashes. Yeah. So it's kind of just like this was a dumb idea. After I watched like the first four or five episodes, I'm like, I probably should have done this. Yeah. Far flights too. Yeah. Y'all wild. I I am not. I'm steering clear of anything involving plane wrecks if I'm uh, if I'm traveling. <laughs> yeah, content wise. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I was. I don't know why I did it, but I I don't think well, it like hit me where I'm just like, oh yeah, like this show's about a plane crash and I'm going to this place. So, hmm. well, so yeah, it's all right. All well, right, now we're gonna talk about folks. the flash trailer. Oh yeah, get out of town. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. We'll save that for another app. Um, yeah. Can't wait, folks. Uh, the good news is we have some good content here. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen this, but you sat through the spoiler filled episodes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> or descriptions, yeah, you're kind of a maniac, but we love you for it. Go check out uh, Knock at the Cabin. Go, uh, go, you know, binge uh, The Last of Us. Let us know what you think. But um, both are endorsed by the Hot Takes crew. Uh, hands, anything for the peeps? No, I just uh, look out for my global warming podcast. As uh, you know, I might have the bar. I, I don't know if I should call it hot takes, but call it uh, the know, meltdown. The meltdown. I'll call it the meltdown. We're going to talk about uh, uh, cordyceps and um, whatever we were talking about earlier in the episode. I forget. Love it. <laughs> uh, Hair, anything for the peeps? Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys are uh, enjoying the show as much as we are. Hopefully we'll have another chance in the future to talk about it and uh, it will, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Sounds good. We'll see you everybody in two weeks. Be well, stay safe. And as always live spicy. spicy.